When we take facts and we put those up against opinions, and when those are held in the exact same regard with the same weight, that becomes a problem. Hi, my name's Kurt Mercadante, and I'm a husband, father, speaker, trainer, and disruptive entrepreneur whose mission is to save the world by helping individuals fight for lives of freedom and fulfillment. And that's what this show is about. We're here to help you fight apathy and conformity in your life. We're here to interview and tell the stories of individuals around the world who are helping others live lives of freedom and fulfillment as well. This is the Freedom Club Podcast, and we're grateful you're here. And welcome to the Freedom Club Podcast. I'm your host, Kurt Mercadante. So grateful you are here today. And we have a treat for you today. It's turnabout time because, what, about maybe a month ago, I was on the podcast of today's guest, The Project Egg Show. His name is Ben Gothard. Ben is a serial entrepreneur, author, speaker, and podcaster with a history of launching and building successful online ventures through innovative digital marketing strategies. His leadership roles include serving as the founder and host of Project Egg, which is the podcast I had the pleasure of being on. Vice President of Sales at QuiverPay. Well, definitely want to ask you about that. We, we talk about sales a lot on this podcast. Founder and CEO of Apex Ventures. Founder and CEO of Gothard Enterprises. Oversees the day-to-day operations of Project Egg, including working with industry experts and successful entrepreneurs to create impactful educational content to a wide variety of customers, including up-and-coming entrepreneurs as well as experienced business owners. Offline, we were discussing a Very cool project he's working on and a cool place he visited recently. I'm sure we'll touch on that. Ben Gothard, such a pleasure to have you on the show. Well, thank you so, so much, Kurt. Honestly, it's a a real pleasure to be here. And, you know, you and I could chat for hours. So uh, I'm I'm excited to see where this conversation goes. And, um, you know, I'm I'm also just tremendously excited uh, for you because, you know, I, I definitely just picked up one of your one of your books, um, and uh, I am so unbelievably excited to explore that more and uh, go through it a couple times and and uh, you know really dive into it. So, um, anyways, very cool. Um, you know, once again, putting putting the face to the book and and the wisdom to the man. So uh, it was uh, <laughs> all, always a pleasure. Well, thanks a lot, Ben. I I really appreciate that. And you know what I love about your mission with Project Egg and your style of interviewing, having been on the other side, right, is, although I was in the same seat I was sitting in now, um, is you really believe and your mission is that, pro- that, that, that uh, the power of conversation, not necessarily, you know, conversation in our society, and I think we talked about this on your show, has become, I'm right, you're not even I'm right, you're wrong. I'm right, you're evil in many cases. And having that conversation, I'm a big fan of the Socratic method and questioning things and peeling back that onion where, you know, I think part of having an abundance mindset versus a scarcity mindset is looking for the win-win, not necessarily the I'm going to win, you're going to lose, not necessarily the competition, but the collaboration where I have values, you have values. We're not going to change each other's values and that's not our that's not our mission, right? But maybe we're going to walk away respecting each other more and learning something from one another. So kudos to that. Well, thank you very much. And, uh, you know, as a fellow podcaster, uh, you know, 
I know how much conversation probably impacts your life too. Um, you know, so to, to me really, I hate with, with a, you know, a, just a fiery passion um, when things are just distilled down to something so black and white that there is no conversation where it's like, this is how it's done or this is the only thing and there is no alternative or there is no other, um, there's no other side to it because a lot of the times, most of the time, um, that's just not true. And, and most of the time there, there are two sides to every story. And to me, it's really important to, to get both of those sides out there. Now here's the caveat to this, right? Here's the caveat is that this becomes a problem when we try to dispute a fact. I mean, so there, there are facts in the world. Like the fact is, uh, I am 24 years old. That is a fact. I mean, there's no way to dispute that. But when we take facts and we put those up against opinions, and when those are held in the exact same regard with the same weight, that becomes a problem. Because when you're trying to, to dispute a fact with what you believe, even if that belief is not based on anything even rationally close to reality, to the truth, to, a, to, to fact itself, then that's anarchy because it's just, it doesn't make sense and you're not going to get anywhere productive. Then it's just like, well, I believe that the sky is yellow. And just because I believe that, that means that that holds just as much weight as a basic observation, observation and objective observation that no, actually the sky is freaking blue. We can look at it. Right. Right, right. No, I, and you know, it's interesting. Uh, Bob Berg, who uh, best-selling co-author of the Go Giver books, and he was on the pot my podcast uh, several months ago, and we talked about we're both fans of uh, Ayn Rand's. Um, uh, well, I prefer the Fountainhead, but most people know Atlas Shrugged, and you know, a, a common theme in the book is check your premises. And Bob said that you know, whenever, especially in this in this day of I'm right and you're evil and Fox News and MSNBC and everyone's got their own facts, right? And uh, it's important to check your premises when someone tells you something, say, okay, I'm going to look at that. That's an assumption. Now I'm going to peel it back and uncover the evidence and truth to find out what it is. And as Bob likes to say a lot, and if you, if you don't follow Bob on Twitter, he's, in, he's incredible. And he, he talks about this a lot that you can have true debate in the historical sense of debate, not what we have now, which is just everyone screaming at each other. You can have those truths that you hold dear, that are unwaverable, your values, but you can still collaborate in a discussion where you walk away learning. It's win-win. The, op the object isn't, I'm going to change your mind or I've lost. It's, okay, where do you come from? Here's where I come from. Maybe we learned something. Maybe we don't, but we, we collaborated in something. We collaborated in a back and forth, and then we go our merry way. Well, here's the other thing. And I believe that if more people actually knew this, it would make their lives way easier, way less stressful, and it would, it would make things a lot simpler, right? But what we do a lot of the time as people 
is we take some belief that we hold, some truth, and we then attach our identity to that truth. Hmm. And when we do that and we attach it, we attach our identity to that truth, a lot of the times we then cannot distinguish between that belief in ourselves. So when we come across new information, and let's say it's factual, let's say it's presented by, I don't, I don't know, what's the most objective source possible? Uh, like, whatever it is, not yeah. to, that's a whole other tangent. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. I was actually thinking, I'm like, I don't know about that anymore, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but let's say just there is absolutely no question that this new piece of information is a fact, right? But that piece of information contradicts some part of your previously held belief because that belief is attached to your identity and you're confusing that belief with you, accepting this new fact as a fact and as the actual truth, it's contradicting who we are. It's, it's, it's like that hurts. That creates pain because we have so aligned ourselves with this old truth. Most people, well, that's not fair. Some people actually choose to disregard that truth, knowing it's a truth, but not willing to accept that this belief that they've been holding for so long, or maybe even it's not a time thing. Maybe it's just they've attached themselves so dearly to that, that the idea of of, of this, this inner conflict of, hey, maybe I'm not correct about this, or, oh, wow, this belief is not me. I will still go on even if this belief dies. That is more painful than than accepting that new fact. So that is super deadly, by the way, because then we have people who are very uh, excited about their beliefs, even though their beliefs have already been proven to them to be untrue, but because they're so attached to it, it, they actually dig more into that same belief, even though they've been presented with a fact that says that that belief is not true. Yeah, and and it's, you know, a growth mindset is a learning mindset. And I used to be very dogmatic and I used to be the type of person you're talking to. I mean, I worked in politics for decades. And now that I've kind of broken free of the matrix, right? I look and I'm like, oh my goodness. You know, it's like for some people, math is an opinion. You know, for some people it's, it's you know, and having less of a dogmatic attitude and mindset and more of a learning mindset. When I say that, a lot of people say, but dogma is good. You should have truths you believe in. Having a learning mindset doesn't mean you don't have those truths and you, you, you have those values. But when you're presented with it, maybe you learn something new. I mean, you know, a lot of people for a long time, well, I guess there's, there's still a movement for this, um, thought the world was flat. And there's still people, regardless of how much evidence you present well and i watched the whole thing on the news recently where they had the guy and he said that we're in a big i can't remember how he presented it but it was like basically camera angles and whatever convincing us it was you know and it was movies convincing us that the world is round and okay i <laughs> you know <laughs> there you go um well let me ask you a question here um this is the freedom club podcast and i think being able to free yourself of, um, and I, I want to be careful how I say this, having strongly held beliefs is important. Absolutely yes. important. 
having uh, dogmatic beliefs despite fact and truth and evidence uh, and letting that ruin your mindset, ruin your forward trajectory is bad. When you have that learning mindset, when you have that growth mindset, when you're able to um, have conversation, I think that's a form of freedom because I think there's a lot of people right now that because certain beliefs get challenged, it ruins their mindset. They walk around angry. They're unable to uh, function in many cases. So this is the Freedom Club podcast. So I want to ask you the question, what does the word freedom mean to you? That's a good question. To me, freedom means being able to do what you want, when you want, without any like without any without any restrictions the only caveat to that is and i know this is going to be a contradiction within itself but as long as that does not harm another person right. like you know we're we're all part of the human race here shouldn't be harming each other in my opinion um, but but really it is liberation from restriction yeah, no, that's wonderful. I always use the example of, listen, I don't care if you smoke. Go ahead and smoke. Just don't blow in my face. That's right. when you cross the line, you know? Right. And um, so, well, well, very interesting. What? So let's, we talked a little bit about uh, Project Egg, and I was on there in the, in the Power of Conversation. Explain for um, our listeners, where'd you come up with that name? Yeah, so it was actually interesting um, Back in 2014, give you a little bit more context than you're probably asking for, but no, that's it makes, great. It makes for a better, a better story, and the the whole story. Uh, <laughs> 2014, I started my first company, Gothard Enterprises, and I started it because I got two phone calls in the same day that would change my life forever. And for a little bit more context, I was 20 years old in college, a sophomore. And so it was the fall semester. I got a call from my roommate asking if I could help him sell t-shirts. And I got a call from my dad, who's an attorney in New Orleans, uh, asking if I'd be his social media intern for that summer. And I told both of them, I'd love to help you out, uh, of course, but don't hire me, hire my company. And so they're like, what are you talking about? And I was like, you'll see. So after some intense Googling, I figured out, uh, that you could domicile an LLC uh, in the state of Louisiana for $105. And equipping myself with that piece of information, what I, the conclusion I came to was the absolute worst thing that could happen from investing this $105 is I lose $105. Okay, big deal, right? But the upside is I can actually say that I am legitimately the CEO of a legally registered company. And that to me was one of the coolest things I had ever thought of. Sure. Because at this point, I had just moved from being a pre-med student to a finance student. Not hmm. because of grades. I had a I had a 3.8 at that time. Um, but because I watched a surgery and it was a basic surgery, it was a knee arthroscopy. And the first thing that they do is they take this needle and they stick it in the knee and this goo starts shooting out onto the floor. And I'm like, <laughs> that is disgusting. <laughs> no. Right? So they keep going. And after about 15, 20 minutes, again, very basic, 
they they wrap up and they're like, okay, time for lunch. And I'm like, guys, I can barely keep down breakfast. Don't you dare start talking about lunch. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that scene from Fletch when he goes in there. I don't know if you remember that scene where he's like, yeah, have you ever seen a spleen like that? He's like, not since breakfast. And he just passes out. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I switched to finance because I thought if I'm seeing blood, I'm doing something wrong. Um, and I'd always been very interested in investing since the ninth grade. Um, I'm Jewish. So I took all my bar mitzvah money and I, um, I've been investing and learning about that. It's always been very interesting to me. So switched to finance and had those two phone calls, started the company. And officially on December 19th of 2014, I domiciled Gothard Enterprises. And so I started helping people with their social media and I was doing social media management, but I called it social media marketing. That's just what what I was doing. Um, That January, I started working with the LSU Department of Finance. Um, I went in there inquiring about the CFP track because I was still in a, I didn't understand entrepreneurship. That didn't, that wasn't even on my radar in the slightest. Um, so I was going to see like, okay, well, what, what job am I going to do? Right. So I went in to talk to uh, one of the student advisors. We, it was so lucky. I mean, so much of my life has been luck. By the way, <laughs> the, the, mo- the luckiest part uh, was the family I was born into. I, I have the best parents in the whole wide world. Nothing, I would, I would not have, I would not be who I am today without them. They, I am so infinitely lucky. I could never fully express my gratitude for them. Anyways, so again, more luck here, right? Uh, I was in that office and we just so happened to go into the head of the department's office because it was quieter to chat and he wasn't there. And in the middle of the, of the conversation, he came in and he joined the conversation, friendly guy. And the next thing I know, I'm managing the LSU Department of Finance's social media. And, <laughs> and I was getting paid to do it. And I was like, well, that went way better than expected. That's awesome. <laughs> so started doing that. Um, picked up like my first legit client uh, later in 2015. And it was cool. I started, uh, started really like hammering down like one specific offer. And one thing I will say is, if you find an offer that works, you find a product or a service, whatever, that people are willing to pay you for, and you, you find it, and they want it, and everybody gets it, and they have, they're handing you money, please don't stop. <laughs> please don't stop selling that. Don't try to diversify. Don't try to set up other streams of passive income. Don't try to do anything besides triple down on that one thing and scale that as hard as you possibly can. That That is what I learned from that, right? Because what I what I did, the mistake I made was I tried to change what I was doing and I tried to do too many things at once. And it, it didn't end well. Anyways, getting back to Project Egg. I promise there's a point to this. <laughs> so in my infinite wisdom, I decided to try to add another stream of passive income because um, I got hooked on that phrase. And I started writing because I was watching this one video of, um, he was a pastor and I'm Jewish. So it was a little extra uh, humor there. Uh, but he was talking about <laughs> seven, nine, eight streams of passive income that you should, you should uh, create. 
And he said, one of them was sell an ebook on Amazon. <laughs> it's like, all right, I like writing. I was always good at it in school. I could do this. So I sat down and I started to write. And I was like, what do I know? Like, what do I actually know at the end of the day? You, you, know, those, you know those moments where you just sit down and you're like, what do I actually know anything about? Like, do yeah. I really know anything? So I said, and I was like, okay, the only thing I could possibly talk about is chasing my dreams because that's what I'm trying to do. And so I started writing about that. And a year later, after doing um, interviews and research and getting editors and just really, really taking my time and doing it like I believe I did it right. And, uh, and, and it became a passion project, right? It was so meaningful to me. I learned so much about myself through that process. But anyways, a year later, I published my first book, CEO at 20, a little book for big dreams. And I published that July 3rd of 2016. And the first thing that I did was I called my mom because I didn't tell anybody that I was writing the book. Hmm. And she's not very tech savvy. So what I did was I emailed her a link to Amazon where it was published. And I was like, and this is my phone here. For those of you on, on just audio, you know, pretend you have your, your thumb and pinky out and you have your little phone here. I was like, mom, check your email. Look at the one from me. And she's like, okay. So she clicks it and she clicks the link and there's like silence for a couple of seconds. And she's like, wait a second. Did you write a book? And I was like, yes, I did. <laughs> so it was just amazing. Like that feeling of, of just sheer happiness and, and uh, it was a wonderful moment when I'll never forget that moment. That's awesome. Um, and so I immediately started messaging everybody that I ever met. I didn't understand the concept of pre-selling. So I just published it and then tried to figure out how to sell it. And I messaged every person I had ever met in my entire life. And I asked them to please support me, grab my book on Amazon and... If they liked it, please leave a review on Amazon. And so after five days of ruthlessly sliding into DMs, texting, calling, Facebooking, everything, I ran out of people. I didn't know anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> and so I decided, okay, I need to put together a group of people. Uh, and I got fired up about entrepreneurship. And I was like, I need to put together a group of entrepreneurs, listen to their problems, and then write books to solve them. And then those people would then want to buy my books. Now it's my whole thought process. So I decided to call the, it started out as a Facebook group and I decided to call the group Project Egg and the EGG stands for Entrepreneurs Gathering for Growth. Ah, got and it, got so it. I started again, sliding into DMs, being like, hey, come join this group. Let's brainstorm, solve some problems, do some cool stuff. Let's rock and roll. And so like hundreds of people started joining the group. Um, and I was like, well, this is really cool. And then I very quickly realized that um, I didn't really know how to solve their problems. I just <laughs> I had no idea. Uh, but they knew how to solve each other's problems. And I recognized that very early on. And so I started to interview them. And the very first gentleman that I interviewed was um, published on, uh, his name is Jeremy Cologne. He donated his kidney to save his father and then I mean, his whole life changed after that. And so at that point, I got, I got the bug. I started interviewing people. I got the bug. The first show was published um, July 27th of 2016. And it just kind of escalated from there. And uh, again, I, you know, I fell in love with it. 
Um, I tend to not be able to do things like a mercenary. Like I can't just, I can't just like do it, chop it, done. Like I invest myself into my projects. I just, yeah. I, there's no other way for me to do. It. I mean, I'm sure there is, but nothing else feels natural. It's just what I gravitate towards. So started doing that. Um, you know, along the way, well, actually, I'm, I'm going, I'm going past your question, so I'll, I'll stop now. No, 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 no. That was that was great because I mean, so what are you, 25, 26 right now? I'm 24, October 24. 22nd. Okay. I'm going to be 25. Oh, happy, happy early birthday. Thank you. Um, yeah. So, so you've done that. You, and then, you know, you started that in 2014, uh, the story of when you, when you embarked on that and, and the book. It's 2019 now. At the beginning of the show, I read off a whole bunch of stuff that you're doing. Um, how do you get it all done? I mean, you're a VP of sales at QuiverPay, founder and CEO, founder and CEO, Project Egg, all that good stuff. How do you get it all done? So interestingly enough, um, you can't. There's no way. Um, And, you know, we had a conversation before the show started uh, and I, that was actually a faux pas on on my end. Um, Some of those positions I have actually uh, stepped away from. Got it. Okay. Um, because there was a point when I was a senior in college where I was running my agency, Gothard Enterprises. I was publishing books. I've, seen, I've published over 10 books now. Um, I was doing uh, the show, doing new episodes of the show. Um, one cool thing that I'm sure you can relate to is a lot of the people you bring on the podcast, you end up uh, doing business with them. And so I actually started an e-commerce store with, with one, of my, uh, one of my interview guests. Um, I also launched a music festival in New Orleans uh, called Finals Fest. Wow. Um, because I realized that two weeks before finals is like buckle down, study time. <laughs> but two weeks and one day before uh, finals started, that was party hardy day. So Interesting. We, we, uh, I got... Two friends of mine, um, like the three of us, got together and we put together this festival. And we really and and we got like local artists to come show their wares. We got and I say this lovingly because I am one too. But local nerds to come set up video games for people to play. Local musicians to come play at the at the amphitheater at a at a local college in New Orleans. And we recruited our moms to help us sell food and t-shirts and all that stuff because we, <laughs> we needed some, needed some, uh, some, some human power. Um, it was amazing. So much fun. So I was doing that. Uh, I decided that I was going to learn how to code instead of learning another language. And so I participated in a, in a startup for a little while where we were trying to code an algorithmic trading thing. Like we were basically trying to solve the stock market mathematically to where we would always have a hundred percent chance of profit. It was really, really cool. Learned a ton. Um, did that for a little while. Um, also was in school, uh, maintained, you know, a really strong GPA and, uh, I think it was around three, between three, five to three, seven, somewhere I graduated with. That's great. And on top of that, I was also, um, I'm an avid reader. Uh, and, and I play guitar, and um, I do like to have a social life uh, from time to time. And 
very occasionally I also like to sleep. So <laughs> I was trying to do all those things at once and I was like, this is ridiculous. Like I, this is just, this is just ridiculous. Um, I also went through a, a little bit of a phase where I was partying a bit too much. Um, so you can imagine how well that went over with all the other things I was doing. So um, it was just nuts, dude. It was crazy. And there was no way to get, uh, there's no good way to do all of those things at the same time when you're, when you're doing it mostly by yourself. And so at one point I decided, and this was at the end of 2017, enough's enough. I'm, I'm done. Mm. I literally stopped everything I was doing except for the show. I realized the show brings me the most happiness uh, and it gives me the, the greatest opportunity to grow in all areas of my life, financially, emotionally, intellectually, so on and so forth. So right when I made that decision, I graduated from school and I uh, had to get uh, surgery on my shoulder, tore my labrum. And so then trying to run a show with one shoulder not really a fun thing to do. Um, so I had to stop everything. And for like six months, I was just, I, I kind of went dark and I, I went off the radar and I was just focusing on healing. And to get back into it, uh, I went and hiked a mountain and I, and I hiked Pikes Peak in the middle of 2018, uh, which is a 14,000 foot mountain in, uh, in, in Colorado. Beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> and during the nine and a half hour trek up, I was just in total bliss. I mean, it was like meditation. And it just reaffirmed that we can do anything that we set our minds to if we just, if we take consistent action and we just never give up. Like, we can do it. We can get there. So, did that, um, got back home and decided, uh, once again, I was fired up about the podcast, got serious, built a team, built some processes. Uh, started to just rock and roll on the show. Um, and then, uh, you know, in the meantime, I'd, I've been kind of um, working with uh, the gentleman at QuiverPay and, and working, uh, I had a partner with Apex. Um, I've since uh, moved away from, from those, those two businesses and, um, and I really decided that I need to focus. Sure. And so the show, and, and so kind of the whole underlying thing is I want to help people turn their dreams into reality, right? Um, that's, you know, that's part of the show is I, I, I want to help people with their mindset, give them the inspiration, the blueprint, um, and, and just talk about this stuff. And so I figured that's the intangible. The next, like the, the most tangible thing I could think of that people need to be very successful with their business it, at any stage of their business is funding. People need funding. Um, so I've been working with a, a partner of mine and uh, we've been, uh, we've been working together on, on the solving the funding problem um, for entrepreneurs and, and businesses. And I am, I have made a commitment to myself that I'm not, uh, I'm not changing anymore. I'm not doing any, any new thing. I'm not taking on any new, uh, any new things. Uh, and, uh, that's where I am today. So, except for one one new thing that you mentioned before <laughs> we were talking, which which is fascinating, uh, tell us about the documentary you're working on. Yeah, so you know, foot in my mouth. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but to be fair, hey, this it's not five new things, you know. <laughs> exactly, but this one started before 
that commitment. And so this is a, this is a passion project. Um, and I do have help with this. I do have a lot of help. And, and I made sure that in all the things I'm doing, I have help. You know, there, there's a team, so I'm not doing it all by myself. Um, it's a documentary uh, where this gentleman by the name of Myron Sugarman, who is uh, his claim to fame is that he's the last Jewish gangster. And he ran coin-operated machines around the world, whether it be slot machines, pinball machines, uh, bally bingo machines, quarter horses, you name it, he sold it. And he went around the world and he opened up countries. He opened up New York in 1977 when uh, LaGuardia's rules expired. And um, he just, he had such an adventurous life, such an amazing life. So putting together a documentary about his life, uh, we just finished the first round of, of uh, interviews. We did a six-hour interview in person, got the crew, got the equipment up there and, uh, and, and filmed them. So that's exciting. I don't have a time frame on that. Um, but that's going to be really, really cool. That's awesome. So we have, we have a few minutes left and I'd like to ask you, and you, you shared your journey and, and starting up the podcast and your mission for starting it up and, and not just the podcast, but the group and learning uh, from entrepreneurs and letting entrepreneurs learn from other entrepreneurs. In that three plus years, if there's one common uh, challenge that you see facing, the, mo- the most common challenge facing entrepreneurs what would that be? Could you put your finger on that? I actually think about this a lot. I think what it boils down to is how bad you want it. Like if you want it enough, you'll do the things that you need to do to get it done. If you don't want it enough, then you'll be trying to figure out reasons why you're not being successful. And so you'll, you'll try to look for tips and hacks and tricks and, you know, try to get, try to manage your time better or try to get a better marketing strategy or try to get a better product or a better business model or whatever. But if you want it bad enough, those things kind of, in a very um, simplistic way, take care of themselves. I mean, if you have that, it's, it's like, it's an ethereal quality but it's like if you have it, nothing's going to stop you. And if you want it, then you can do it and you will do it. And then all, everything else will really take care of itself because you're doing the one thing that you can actually do, which is control your input. Like you can control your, your actions. You can control how you think about it. You can control like what you do on a day-to-day to get you closer to where you want to go and you'll be thinking about it. You'll be on the level of consciousness to where you can identify the opportunities that present themselves that are related to what you're going after. Um, I think it's just how bad do you want it? Well, you obviously want it bad because you're doing a lot of, you've done more things by age 24 than most people do by age 50. I urge everyone go check out projectegg.co projectegg.co. Subscribe. It's an incredible podcast. Ben's interview style is so unique. It's so wonderful. It's not in your face. It's an actual conversation and collaboration, which is wonderful. Ben Gothard, it's an honor and a pleasure to have you on the show. Thanks for being here. Thank you very much for having me here and, uh, and, and sharing your platform and doing everything that you do. Um, 
I'm a huge fan of yours and a huge admirer of, of your work and everything that you do. So thank you very much for being you and doing the things that you do. The world needs more people like you, so thank you.